Welcome to the Abundant Life Church Sermon of the Week. Get ready for your life to be changed by today's message from Pastor Jeremiah Hosmer. So we want to go to 2 Timothy chapter 4. And we're going to begin reading in verse 1 today. I charge you therefore before God and the Lord Jesus Christ who will judge the living and the dead at His appearing and His kingdom. Preach the word. Be ready in season and out of season. Convince, rebuke, exhort with all long suffering and teaching. For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine. Because they have itching ears, they will heap up for themselves teachers and, will, and they will turn their ears away from the truth and be turned aside to fables. But you, look at your neighbor, says he's talking to you. But you be watchful in all things. Endure afflictions, do the work of an evangelist, fulfill your ministry. I want you to turn one book over uh, and let's go to 1 Timothy chapter 6. 1 Timothy chapter 6. We're going to begin reading in verse 1. Praise God. Let as many bondservants as are under the yoke count their own masters worthy of all honor so that the name of God and his doctrine... Everybody say doctrine. Doctrine may not be blasphemed, but those who have believing masters, let them not despise them because they are brethren, but rather serve them because those who are benefited are believers and beloved. Teach and exhort these things. If anyone teaches otherwise and does not consent to wholesome words, even the words of our Lord Jesus Christ and to the doctrine, everybody say doctrine, which, which accords with godliness he is proud knowing nothing but is obsessed with disputes and arguments over words from which come envy strife rivaling evil suspicions useless wranglings of men of corrupt minds and destitute of truth who suppose that godliness is a means of gain from such withdraw yourself Hallelujah. I want to go to one other place. Titus, Titus, Titus chapter two, Titus chapter two. And then after that, we're going to pray and you can be seated. Titus chapter two, uh, verse one. But as for you, speak the things which are proper for sound doctrine. Everybody say doctrine. That the older men be sober, reverent, temperate, sound in faith, in love, in patience. That the older women likewise, that they be reverent in behavior, not slanderers, not given to much wine. Teachers of good things, that they admonish the young women to love their husbands and love their children. It's, it's amazing that the Bible got to tell some mamas to love their kids. Uh to be discreet, chaste, homemakers, good, obedient to their husbands, that the word of God may not be blasphemed. Likewise, exhort the young men to be sober-minded in all things, showing yourself to be a pattern of good works. Somebody ought to be able to trace you. Let me get a good amen in the house. They ought to be able to trace your works back to God. 
Amen. A pattern of good works and doctrine showing integrity, reverence, incorruptibility, sound speech that cannot be condemned, that no, that one who is an opponent may be ashamed, having nothing evil to say of you. Exhort bond servants to be obedient to their own masters and to be well-pleasing in all things, not answering back. But, but, but when I watch this, he said, I, I just want to stop for a minute. Not answering back. He said, quit talking back. Leave that right there. Not thieving, but showing all good fidelity that they may adorn the doctrine of God, our Savior, in all things. So we've been in this series called What We Believe, and this is part four, and it's basically just a series on the doctrines of the Bible. The doctrines of the Bible. And I praise God that we're having this uh, 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 opportunity to, to do this because, listen, it's one thing to believe. It's, the, it's another thing to know what you believe and to know why you believe it. And we have to have this now because the spirit of the Antichrist is in the world at work. Amen. Who knows the Antichrist might even be in the world where I don't know, but the spirit of the Antichrist is definitely at work. So Father, in the name of Jesus, as I stand before your beloved, your redeemed, uh, those whom are called by your name, I pray today that you would bless uh, this time, bless the reading and the preaching of your holy word for the grass wither and the flower fades but the word of the Lord stands forever so Father I pray for an anointing to preach your word and I pray for an anointing to hear receive and understand your word so today God I pray let the spirit of the Lord move in a mighty way as we decree your word in this house may the heavens open and Father may supernatural miracles break out because your word is, is being preached today because you sent your word and you healed them and so in the name of Jesus we believe thy kingdom come thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven today and God we thank you for it now in Jesus name receive the glory praise and honor for all that is said and done today and we give it to you now and the church of God saying amen come on give the Lord a good praise before you're seated today you may be seated now I'm not going to take much time in my introduction because I have a lot to, to say a part, uh, for part four today. I do have to recap, but I'm just going to do that in a quick way if you'll give me just a few minutes. But one of the things that I wanted to point out to you as we read about earlier is that uh, the Bible talks about sound doctrine. Uh, I want everybody to say that on the count of three. One, two, three. Sound doctrine. Say it again. Sound. Come on, say it again. So in other words, if there is sound doctrine, then there must be bad doctrine. If there, if there is right teaching, then there must be false teaching. Come on, somebody. If, if, if so, so when it's telling us sound doctrine, it's not just talking about uh, 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 that you're to believe anything. It's talking about you're to believe what the word is saying, what the word is teaching. Now, can I just talk for, to some of you for just a, a few moments? Uh, <clears throat> 
Some of us don't need a miracle. We just need good teaching. (laughs) Some of us really don't need a supernatural breakthrough. We just need somebody to tell us what's right and what's wrong. Some of us... We don't need uh, uh, we don't need to visit heaven. We need heaven to visit. Uh, uh. Some of us just need to get some stuff in order, and you would be shocked at what would end up flowing from the order of sound doctrine. Now, Dr. Rodney Howard Brown's wife said something that is very profound, and I wish I had said it. Maybe I will say it later after I give her her credit now. Amen. But, but she said this, she said, we have seen, and, and I've, I've witnessed this now uh, as, as being a, uh, a preacher and overseer of the church, we have seen people come back from almost anything, crack, uh, pride, adultery, homosexuality. Uh, You name whatever it is. They said we have seen people delivered out of it. The only thing we have that we have not witnessed is people come back from bad doctrine. Because bad teaching and false teaching has a way to root in your spirit and it's tough to get this stuff out. I'm not saying it's impossible now. I'm saying it's tough to come out of it because you start receiving something as truth. And then what has to happen is when you hear truth, we've got to go in and uproot everything that you thought was a root. And everything you thought was a foundation has to be broken up. And not everybody, matter of fact, most people will not allow God to do such a work in their life. So it's important that we understand what sound doctrine is and that we get a hold of it and we do not allow anything to take us away from it, that we're no longer a wave tossed to and fro with every wind of doctrine that's out there because there are a bunch of them out there. But we have to understand what is sound. And when you get what is sound, you get a foundation. Somebody say foundation. When you have a sure foundation, the Bible calls Jesus the chief corner stone. When you have a sure foundation, it really don't matter if somebody hurts your feelings. It really doesn't matter if somebody offends you. It really doesn't matter if somebody lies about you or cheats on you. It really doesn't matter if somebody ostracizes you. It really doesn't matter what you're tempted with because you've got a sure foundation. And even if you're knocked off a little bit, you've got a place to come back to and stand. And Paul said, done it all, stand. Stand therefore. When you have a foundation, you have a place that you can concrete your feet and say it doesn't matter what storm comes. It doesn't matter what wind blows. It doesn't matter how many people hate me. It doesn't matter how many people love me. I am standing on a sure foundation. So that's why I'm teaching this series on what we believe. Because, because listen, I told you, I said, uh, now I believe in a pre-trib rapture. I'll teach about that later. And I tell people, if you want to be here, stay here. I don't care. 
but I'm going home <laughs> on the first way up. Hallelujah. But if you want to stay, stay. I'm, and we, that, this, this is nothing for us to argue about because both of us are going to get to heaven. This one might get there a little sooner. I don't know. But I believe in a pre-trib rapture. That means I believe that the rapture is going to happen before the tribulation happens. Now, for all of those of you that might not believe that, don't send no hating. Listen, we're still brothers in Christ. This is not a salvational issue here. And if you do send an email, we're going to block you. Amen. <laughs> we need a meme that has a block on it. Anyway. <laughs> so I believe in that. So what that means is, is, is that I believe that, that before, all the, before what's going to happen in the tribulation, we're going we're, we're gonna to be in the rapture of the church. Okay. But what I also believe is that the enemy knows that as well. And so he's throwing everything he's got at this generation right now. He's throwing everything he's got. He knows his time is short. He's throwing everything he's got. And the only thing that's going to combat it is not Holy Ghost chill bumps. The only thing that's going to combat it is not whether you fell out or not. Now, all that's good and I like it all and we're going to keep going with God and his manifestations. But the only thing is that's going to combat it is not whether you shook under the power or not. The only thing that's going to combat it is you say, I know what I believe and I am persuaded in whom I believe in and I know that he's faithful to keep me until the day of Christ Jesus. I know this. So that's the reason we're on this series. That's the end of my introduction. Let's go, let's go into the recap. Number one, I said we believe that all scripture is inspired by God himself. I'm going quick. If you have not been here or you have not got to listen to any of this, go back on our Facebook page, YouTube page, whatever page. We got a bunch of them out there and you can watch them all. We believe that all scripture is inspired by God. Say amen to that. Amen. Cover to cover. Every last bit of it, the stuff that you don't like and the stuff you do like, it's all inspired by God. We believe that there is only one true God. Say amen to that. And we also believe that he has further revealed himself embodying the principles of relationship and association as Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Three in one. We believe in the deity of the Lord Jesus Christ as eternal Son of God. We believe in his virgin birth, his sinless life, the miracles that he performed, his substitutionary work on the cross, his resurrection from the dead, and his exaltation to the right hand of God. We believe. We believe in the fall of man. There's a lot of folk out there that believe that man is good and you just need to give him some principles from the scripture to make him better. Can I tell you something? No, that is not true. Let me tell you something. Apart from God, your righteousness is filthy rags. There was only one that came to make us right and his name is Jesus Christ. The Bible says he is the mediator between man and God. And if it was not for his blood, we'd still be enemies of God. So we believe in the fall of man. Man, man by voluntary transgression, transgression fell and thereby incurred not only physical death, but also spiritual death, which is separation from God. Number five, we believe in the salvation of man. 
Say amen to that. Man's only hope of redemption is through the shed blood of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. And we believe there are two conditions to salvation. Salvation is received through repentance towards God and faith towards the Lord Jesus Christ. Say amen to that. If there has not been repentance, there is no salvation. If there has not been any faith in what he's done, there is no salvation. It does not matter what t-shirt you have. It doesn't matter what name you have on the membership roll. There is no salvation without repentance and faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. Number six, we believe in the ordinances of the church. We've done one this morning. The, we, uh, the first ordinance is the baptism in water. Second ordinance is holy communion. Amen. Number seven, we believe in the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. The baptism of the Holy Ghost and fire. Praise the Lord. All believers are entitled to and should uh, expect and earnestly seek the promise of the Father, the baptism of the Holy Spirit and fire, according to the command. I want you to grab that word, command of our Lord Jesus Christ. And the Lord Jesus in Acts chapter 1 commanded them to go and wait into Jerusalem until they have been endued from power on high. Oh, hallelujah. Some of us struggle to last to the end of the service. What if Jesus said, stay here until you get the power? It don't matter if it's two days, five days, six days, or ten days. Stay here until you get the power from on high. Hallelujah. Number eight, we believe in the initial physical evidence of the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Say amen to that. The baptism of believers in the Holy Spirit is witnessed by the initial physical sign of speaking in other tongues as the Spirit of God gave them the utterance. You got scripture on that? Acts chapter 2, Acts chapter 10, Acts chapter 19. I don't have time to go into all that because we'll be here till 4 o'clock today. But I'll preach on it here as God wills soon. Number nine, we're going to go into what we have for the new stuff today. Here we go. If you're adding to your notes that you've already wrote, add this. We believe in sanctification. I didn't hear nothing from the back part. I said we believe in sanctification. Man, what are you talking about sanctification? You're up there in Air Force Ones. and See, that's, that's where y'all got messed up. Folk got messed up because they thought sanctification had to do with what I put on instead of what came out. And Jesus said, it's not about what came into a man, it's what comes out of a man. <laughs> Hallelujah. Glory be to God. That's the reason I like twisting y'all up just a little bit. I'll wear this one Sunday and wear a three-piece next Sunday just to try to check your religious bone. I, <laughs> I like it. Amen. Because I want you to understand that just because somebody's in what I got on today does not mean they're sanctified. And just because somebody's wearing a suit does not mean they're sanctified. The Bible says God knows the heart of a man. Man looks on the outward appearance, but God looks at the heart. And can I tell you what has to do with sanctification is has your heart been separated? Has it been circumcised to the Lord Jesus? Hallelujah. Sanctification is an act of separation from that which is evil and of dedication unto God. It is separating from that which is evil, not what you think is evil, but from what God says is evil. 
Hallelujah. Romans chapter 12. Let's go through the scriptures. Romans chapter 12. We're going to go through scripture. I beseech you, I beg you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a what? Living sacrifice. Man, that's contrary to what, see, when, they, when he said that, they were struggling with that because the Old Testament, they cut, they killed the sacrifice to keep him on the altar. But watch this, the reason they were struggling is because they couldn't see in the spirit because when you're already dead to sin, you're staying on the altar anyway. I beseech you, therefore, brothers, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. Verse two, and do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. He's saying there ought to be a separation in your life. Well, I'm just sick and tired of the church judging me. You don't even know what you're talking about. Because when you got in the church, the Bible says, let the church judge the church. But the church don't have any business judging outside of the church. You don't even know what you're talking about. And most of the time, it's because you got your feelings all wrapped up and you're wadded up because somebody tried to hold you accountable to something that you wanted to keep doing anyway. But it's not that God is saying, if you'll let some sanctification, separation come in your life, then you ain't got to walk through all that nonsense oh hallelujah can't figure out why we can't cast devils out it's because you still tied up because somebody didn't let you like something on Facebook can't figure out why we can't we can't turn around and shift regions it's because you're still worried about what somebody said about you can't figure out why we can't turn around and take nations it's because you're still offended because somebody held you accountable to what you shouldn't have done in the first place but can I tell you God is saying I'm still expecting sanctification in my house Hallelujah. Wrapped up. Can't, wrapped up. My God, wrapped up. And so you've got to understand something. Sanctification, sanctification, it, it, it ain't something that God's done away with. Man, man just got it messed up for a little while. Okay? But, but I'm telling you, all right, so watch this. The wealth transfer is tied to sanctification. They will not come apart from each other. They will come together. So as people walk in sanctification, not haughtiness, not arrogance, uh, not pridefulness, not thinking I'm better than everybody else and my train fills the temple, but I'm telling you as you walk in sanctification, as you separate from that which is trying to hold you back, and as you separate from that which is evil, then God says you are positioning yourself for a wealth transfer. How do I know that? Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his and all these other things shall be added unto you. I love how he didn't, he didn't leave out righteousness. He said, you've got to seek the righteousness of God. Well, Jesus made me righteous. You're exactly right. He did make you righteous. But there's another part that the Bible talks about, and that's your conduct before men. And he says, that should be righteous as well. And Jesus did what you could not do, so you could do what you need to do. Ah, that is separating yourself from the world. Hallelujah. 
First Thessalonians five, verse 23. Now may the God of peace himself what sanctify you completely and may your whole spirit soul and body be preserved blameless at the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ hallelujah well I just couldn't help it I couldn't help but to go do it I couldn't help but to steal I couldn't help but to lie I could no 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 you can help it sanctify yourself separate yourself hallelujah Hebrews 12, verse 14, pursue peace with all people and holiness, which no one, watch this, without which no one will see the Lord. You won't seek God without holiness. Well, God knows my heart. He does. He knows that it is wicked. It is evil. And you can't even trust the thoughts of it. That's why he didn't never tell you to follow your heart. He told you to follow his spirit. And these are the sons of God. Those who are led by the spirit of God. I feel like preaching now. Sanctification is realized in the believer by recognizing his identification with Christ. Watch this. In his death and resurrection. And by the faith. And by the faith reckoning daily upon the fact of that union. And by offering every faculty continually to the dominion of the Holy Ghost, I could preach a, I could preach a message just on that one paragraph. Identification with Christ. Hallelujah. You are no longer, your identity is no longer in what happened to you. Your identity is no longer what they said about you. Your identity is no longer what they did to you. Your identity is no longer what they told, what, what would come to you. Your identity is now in Christ Jesus. And you need to reckon to this truth that you are buried with him. And if you have been buried with him, then you shall, you are raised with him in the newness of life. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. In other words, sanctification becomes reality when you understand that you were, watch this, buried with Christ. Hallelujah. You were buried with Christ. When you got born again, you were buried with Christ. Your old man. The sinful man, the person that was not subject to Christ, has now died. Yes. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. There ain't no need in you taking your CPR packet and trying to bring him back to life. He's dead. He died on the cross with Christ. That person has been buried in a grave and is now dead. Oh, somebody's being set free from shame right now. Somebody just got set free from it right then. I felt it in my spirit. That person has been buried in a grave and is dead now. That was the person, listen to this, that was the person that was determined to not obey Christ. That was the person that was fully persuaded to have instant gratification now was worth spending eternity in hell and without God. That was the person that didn't care if alcoholism was passed down to your kids. That was the person that didn't care if you and your family lives in poverty. That was 
the person that chose addiction over freedom. That was the person that hated someone because of their skin color. That was the person that that was satisfied with coming to the church of God and not having fellowship with the God of the church. But that person has been buried and there ain't no need in you trying to go back and dig him out of a grave. You have been raised to the newness of Christ. You are seated with him in heavenly places. And then when you get that realization, then you'll understand, I don't want to be tied to the death and the dead man. I want to be tied to the life and the new creation. And now I am set free and sanctified. People want to know. They complicate sanctification. Sanctification is this. This is my definition. You won't read it nowhere. Sanctification is this. Letting the dead man and his desires stay dead. And letting the new man live with the new desires in Christ Jesus. That's the sanctification right there. Hallelujah. That's sanctification. I'm not going and digging him back up. You, is it really that simple? It is. God didn't complicate this thing. He said when he's buried, let him stay dead. And if you'll leave him down there, if you'll leave him down there, if you'll leave the man who used to cuss everybody out and kick the door hinges off of the, off of the house when he came home, if you'll leave him there, he won't come back. Why? You have been separated under Christ. Hallelujah. A new man, a new creation. Watch this, was resurrected with Christ. That's the reason he is called the first fruit. The, the first of many come up out of that grave in life. So when you identify, when you have your identity in him, you realize I came up out of the grave with him. Resurrected. And just like the Holy Ghost, watch this now, and just like the Holy Ghost quickened his body The Bible says it was the spirit raised Christ from the dead. Is that not what the Bible says or is it? Just like the spirit raised his body from the dead three days later. When you get born again, your old man dies. The Holy Ghost comes and lives and raises you now to the newness of Christ. Hallelujah. Sanctification, I'm going to say it again, is allowing that old man, that dead man, and his desires and his ways to remain dead and buried. Dead and buried. Oh, I'm glad he's in the grave. Let's give the Lord a good praise if you're glad he's in the, that the, dead, that the old man is in the grave. Hallelujah. 
dragging this, I ain't dragging this dead man around. Praise God. Now, I didn't tell you guys this, but I want you to put up 1 Peter chapter 2. We might not get past this point today. 1 Peter chapter 2. Because I need to hit a place. Because I was in, a couple days ago, I was in prayer, and this, this scripture exploded on the inside of me. 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 1. Therefore, laying aside all malice, all deceit, hypocrisy, envy, and all evil speaking, as newborn babes desire the pure milk of the word, that you may grow thereby. If indeed you have tasted that the Lord is gracious, coming to him as to a living stone. You can't, he is a living stone. Watch this. Rejected indeed by men, but chosen by God and precious. You also, watch this, as living stones. Just keep that scripture up. When they used to build homes in, in, uh, back in the, in, in the days of the Bible, they didn't go get, all right, so there was something called living stones. And then there was something called dead stones. Dead stones you couldn't put no weight on. They would crumble. But living stones were solid. And so when he says you are a living stone, he's saying, listen, you can get something built on the inside of you. Living stones and are built up a spiritual house, a holy priesthood to offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. Therefore, it is also contained in the scripture. Behold, I lay in Zion a chief cornerstone, elect, precious, and he who believes on him will by no means be put to shame. Therefore, to you who believe, he is precious. Oh, hallelujah. But to those who are disobedient, the stone which the builders rejected has become the chief cornerstone. A stone of stumbling, a rock of offense. They stumble being disobedient to the word to which they ought, to which they also were appointed. But here we are. This is what God spoke to two days ago. I was in prayer right now. He said, you are. Remember what I said during the offering. I am a chosen generation. A royal priesthood, a holy nation, his own special people, that you may proclaim the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Say, I am a chosen generation. Say, I am a peculiar people. Set apart. A holy nation. His own people. Who called you out of. He called. Come on. I want you to say this. Jesus called me out of darkness. But I'm glad he didn't just call me out of something, Tony. But he called me into something. He called me into his marvelous light. He called me in. 
into his holy priesthood. He called me into his blessing. He called me into his kingdom. I think we need to give God five seconds of praise all over this house. Glory be to God. We are a peculiar people. I know I don't fit in, but I stand out. I know you can't put me into the world's puzzle. There, there, ain't a, there ain't a place for me to fit into because when I was a new creation, I had some new shapes and now you can't put that shape into an old puzzle because I am a part of a new puzzle. It's called the kingdom of God. It's called a royal priesthood. It's called a holy nation and now I fit in here. So when you see me out there, I stand out. Why? Because I'm a different I'm a different person, a different light, a different anointing, and I am a peculiar people. Oh, I feel the anointing. Hallelujah. So we believe in sanctification. Sanctification. God does it. And if you'll understand something, those of you that struggle, I'm going to end right here today because if I go into this next one, we won't. Amen. But at one point, I was trying to get four out of the way today and I got to one. Uh, But those of you that are struggling with going back, Those of you that are struggling, we're always trying to go back to who you used to be. The reason is, is because you don't realize you're dragging, you're trying to resurrect something that has died. And it's tough to make something live that God killed. Because it's dead. Pastor Antoine, if I walked in here and I was dragging around a dead dog behind me, everybody'd be like, what is his problem? Why is this cat driving, dragging around something dead? Don't he know that it stinks? Doesn't, <laughs> doesn't he know that there's flies around? Doesn't he know that that thing has diseases? Doesn't he know that that thing makes him look bad? Doesn't he know there's shame attached? There's shame tied to this. Why don't he just cut the cord? And so when we talk about sanctification church, I think it was of the spirit to spend this much time on it because it has been so misrepresented. 
It's been so it's been so misrepresented in the house of God as a whole. You know, and uh, and I think when we understand that it's really just separating, severing the tie to who I used to be. Hallelujah. That I'm no longer. All right, this is about to challenge somebody, but then we're going to end. That I'm no longer a sinner. See, some of you walk around talking about, I'm just a sinner saved by grace. You can't be both of them now. Come on now. You got to be one or the other. You Are you saved by grace or are you a sinner? Now, see, I, done, I taught you in the, bring that air up a little bit, brother. They wrapping up on me. I taught you in the tithe and offering that whatever you say after I am, comes to you. That's why some of you cannot get beyond being a sinner. I'm just a sinner. Well, wait a minute. Why not? Why? Hey, let's don't be one. Let's just don't be a sinner. To be a sinner, you've got to go back. And go digging all this dirt and get this dead, stinking thing out of the ground. Put him on your back and tote him around. Tell me, hey, how y'all doing? We like, we know how you doing. <laughs> we smelt you before you came in. And folk would say, well, the church just judging. No, 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 we ain't judging. We just wondering why you dragging around somebody dead. We're not judging. We just, we want to know why you keep toting that dead person. You don't have to. It's called come out from among them and be separate says the Lord. Hallelujah. Look at your neighbor and say, are you already smelling better? Come on, tell somebody else, you already smelling better. Come on. You already smelling better. My God, oh my God, you already smelling better. Come out from among them and be separate. And so we believe in sanctification. And I believe for some of us today, I know for some of us today, the enemy tried to complicate it a whole lot more than what it was just placed to you. He really did. He tried to complicate it. But when you realize it's just me acknowledging the fact the truth, I don't want to say fact because facts can change. The truth. 
if I leave him dead. The dead man wanted to do this. The dead man wanted to do that. The dead man wanted to feel this way. The dead man didn't want to come to church. Dead man don't want to tithe. Dead men don't want to love people. Dead, man's, dead men don't want to lift their hands and worship. Dead men don't want to sing and praise the Lord. Dead men don't want to give God the glory. Dead men compete for God's glory. When I realize that, I'm not going to let him hang out with me no more. I'm on, some of y'all, I feel the spirit on this. Some of y'all about to have a burial service today. Some of y'all about to have a burial service. We'll have a few funerals in here today. We're going to let some, let some dead men die. We're going to let them, let them be buried. Be raised with Christ. In the newness of life. Sanctified, set apart, separate. Hallelujah. Some of y'all about to put on some royal priest garments today. <laughs> You're about to put on some royal priest garments. If, you, if I had time, I'd go back on how the royal priest garment, they, when Aaron put it on, nobody could touch it. It had to be stored in a certain place. It had to be cleansed. It had to be anointed. And before Aaron could put it on, he had to turn around and, and cleanse and anoint himself and be cleansed through all that before he could put that garment on. And when G Jesus Christ said, now watch this, he said that was under an old covenant. He said, but you're under a better covenant. You're under one that has not been cleansed with the bulls of goats. You've not been cleansed with the bulls of sheep. You've not been, you've, I mean, the blood of bulls, the blood of goats and the blood of sheep you have been cleansed with royal blood sinless blood the blood of Jesus Christ and he said now that you've been cleansed you can go put on that royal priestly garment because you are a chosen a chosen generation a royal priesthood called forth to proclaim the glory of God we pray you were blessed by today's message. For more content and to get to know us better, download our app at AbundantLifeChurch.com.